Warning, emotions are felt and discussed here. Listeners may experience life-changing advice, water streaming from their eyes, and jitters from drinking too much coffee. We hope you enjoy Coffee with Kayla. Here is your host, Kayla Noble. <laughs> I've drank too much coffee already. I just want to express before I get into this episode because a couple things have happened that I just really want to tell someone. However, they seem kind of miscellaneous. I'd say one of them isn't exactly miscellaneous, but here it goes. The Flash Season 8 is coming to Netflix this next Friday, and I am beyond excited. I mean, what's stopping me from creating an episode for each episode of The Flash on this show? Literally nothing and nobody. So that may or may not happen. I also am in the middle of doing that for Bridgerton. So who knows? I um, have always loved The Flash, will always love Barry Allen and Iris West. I I just, um, you know, am super excited about that. On a more not-so-happy note, The Originals, which if you're not familiar with that, is a spinoff of the iconic show Vampire Diaries. If you haven't seen that, I don't really know what else to tell you other than you need to go watch it before they also take it off Netflix. Yep, I said it. The Originals is not on Netflix anymore. My mom and I found that out the other day. And we had to go on to Amazon Prime to watch it because we can't get HBO Max on the TV. But again, it's such a it's such a miscellaneous thing. The main thing that I want to talk about today, since this episode is coming out on the 4th of July, I am a tad bit conflicted because I, quite frankly, do not want to celebrate the 4th of July. I think it's actually quite horrendous that... There are people who are celebrating it, considering what is happening right now. I'm not free, I am not independent, and I am not happy that the country is doing what it is doing. I am not happy at the Supreme Court. I am I am utterly just downright upset, so I will not be celebrating the 4th of July. I urge you to also protest this 4th of July if you are also not happy about what is going on. I also, like I said, am very conflicted about it because, quite frankly, I also, you know, want an excuse to drink. And I mean that in the way that's like, you know, I feel like the 4th of July is super fun for that reason once you're like 21 and stuff. And now that I'm 21, like, I'd love the excuse to do that. However... I also am just really angry right now and don't want to celebrate the 4th of July. I've seen some things about, like, wearing all black, not going and working. I've I've heard of, like, a women's strike that we're not going to go to work or, or do anything. And I've also heard, you know, we're posting red all over our social media to make social media red and, like, screens red. I have – I'm confused, however, again, conflicted. And so I just wanted to say that and and get that off my chest because this episode is coming out on the 4th of July and I'm just like not going to ignore it. 
However, that isn't the main premise of this episode. I am trying to learn what it looks like to, in essence, not get consumed by the news and politics because it does consume me when I ingest it and when I try to think about it and when I try to have conversations about it. And I really am finding it hard to just go about my day to day because honestly, that is what happens when these things happen. You know, you get angry, it happens, and all you can do is what you can do. All you can do is donate and talk about it and write about it. And then you get to the point where you have to go do other things. So I want to take a second and talk about Bridgerton episode two of season one because quite frankly, it cannot go without saying that this episode was packed with so much information and I just want to talk about it. However, before I get into it, I also would like to say that I am also writing an article that will be up on my website for it. It's going to go into a little bit more detail and like a little bit more of a breakdown as to the comparison of season one to season two, which is what this whole series is about, the comparison between season one and season two. I also am just like stupidly obsessed with this show. I'm a, I, I honestly love period pieces and I love period pieces that have the societal norms of the period, but then the characters and all that go against it. I love that. But I am going to have an article up on my website, nobleinspired.com, and I'm super excited about it, so feel free to go check that out. It's going to be in the description. So without further ado, I would just like to say that one of the stark differences that I have noticed from season one to season two are the colors. I noticed that season two was a lot more of the orange, blue, purple with a hint of light pink with Edwina Sherma in the picture. Whereas in season one, it's more of a gold, bright pink, dark red and blue because of the Duke. And I'm honestly obsessed with this whole color palette thing that's going on between the seasons because it's one of those things that makes... Bridgerton and the intentionality behind it so incredible I also noticed the roles that each character plays has shifted and if you've watched both seasons honestly it's really really crazy how much Daphne has grown and also how much Anthony has grown and arguably both of their characters kind of did this parallel but like opposites of one another so like Daphne was going through the season in season one and she's been picked the diamond and she's trying to find a love match which is incredibly different and not common for the period and Anthony in season one is like quote-unquote fooling around and doesn't want to uphold that responsibility is honestly scared and doesn't want to admit it but also wants to be the head of the household now that his father has passed and there's just a lot that unraveled in season two that gave us the insight as the audience that Anthony ultimately was incredibly fearful of marriage because of the hurt that he saw his mother go through when his father passed. And arguably, he also felt somewhat responsible because he couldn't save him. I mean, there were all these things in all those details 
show just how much both of those characters changed and how much Daphne and Anthony just need each other so much as siblings. And if you know me, you know that I love family dynamics within shows. It's one of the reasons why I love Vampire Diaries and the originals and Manifest. It's it's incredible. I love that whole like family is forever trope even though in real life it, it can be incredibly powerful. And I also love when that family has to, in essence, pick their family or something else. And they have to prioritize it and show what matters to them most. And I just love when, like, family is forever, family is always, is is upheld. Is, is upheld through the character's decisions. And even in this episode, you hear Anthony say, like, I will always choose my family over you when he says that to the Duke. And speaking of the Duke, he literally did not make a single appearance in season two, which when I was watching season two, I was honestly kind of disappointed. However, I appreciated that the Bridgerton crew and creators didn't just sit there and wait for us to find that out like Daphne when she did show up I believe in episode three it became very obvious you know what the show in the season was going to be predominantly about which was Anthony and Kate it also became very clear what the Duke was doing when Daphne was like the Duke is on a trip overseas etc etc and in that moment I was like we are probably not going to see him this entire season which is super sad but also I didn't really see where his role could have came in. So kudos to the Bridgerton crew for that one. Speaking of the Bridgerton crew as well. And then I'll get back to, you know, the Duke and how he didn't make an appearance in season two, but his appearance in season one is incredible. Shania Rhimes, Sa- Sandra, Chandra, Chandra, Chandra Rhimes. I, I think I'm pronouncing her first name incorrectly. If you recognize the name, it's because you've watched Grey's Anatomy. I literally have not seen that show. I've been told to watch it multiple times. I don't I don't know if I can do it. However, Chandra Sean shoot. Oh my gosh. Sandra Sean it doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound right and now we're too deep. Chandra Rhymes, Miss Rhymes, I'll just say that. Miss Rhymes also created Bridgerton alongside Grey's Anatomy. And when I found that out, I was literally taken back because that makes so much sense. Grey's Anatomy has been an iconic show. I also have attended a masterclass with her and how she explained script writing and how she made the script for Grey's Anatomy. And it's just a really cool story. And also, you know, kudos to her. She's an incredible writer, arguably an inspiration for me. And so I just want to give her the credit where it is rightfully deserved because Bridgerton is incredible. But I digress. The Duke not having made an appearance in season two, we don't really have anything to compare the Duke to. However, I will say that his appearance in season one is incredible and needed and is awesome this entire episode served as like his character backstory which I love 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 that Bridgerton does that 
simply because we get to see into all of what makes these characters who they are, which is a classic Shonda Rhimes technique also. And I think it just makes the show that much deeper. We saw it also in season two, literally when they went and did a flashback to Anthony and like his father and who like basically what made Anthony Anthony, you know? And what I'm noticing is that there's also really tiny hints in season one of what we will then see in season two. And I mentioned this in my article, the fact that him and his mom were sitting down and she was talking about tulips and, you know, I hope your wife also likes tulips and whatever. I explain it more in my article, but it was in season two. Anthony brought Kate tulips. Anyways, I digress again. I feel like I still haven't closed out my Duke point. But in essence, the Duke being present in season one is incredibly strong. And I don't think that it really hurt Bridgerton to not have him in season two. I almost think his absence was a really great decision for them. I will say that I wish that I had seen Daphne almost earlier in season two. Obviously, season one is incredible, like literally all about her. And it's all about what she's going through, finding her love match, bantering back and forth with the Duke, which, you know, their affections for one another really showed in this episode. And Bridgerton is notoriously great at showing subtle things that lead to bigger things like they're incredibly good at building tension and it shows in season one with what I explain in my article as like silence and staring and in season two with incredible sound design in between Kate and Anthony with that being said I do wish that Daphne showed up earlier in season two because I honestly think Anthony needed her sooner in season two whereas in season one I feel like Anthony honestly could have been like fooling around more before we saw him trying to take on this like really misguided responsibility and duty to his family I also and the last thing I'll say about this episode is that there is a lot to take in we get a lot of Eloise Bridgerton, which is Daphne's younger sister, and we get like a tiny hint of Penelope in this episode that is very gossipy and very drawn to the gossip, and it makes so much sense, and it's something that when you watch it first time through, you don't get initially that it's foreshadowing something 10 times bigger, 10 times bigger being that she is Lady Whistledown, and I love the fact that we're able to see that. I also think that Eloise is notorious for being, is notoriously known for being that character that's like, I don't want to do this. I'm incredibly fearful, actually, of this path that's already been carved out for me, which is that a woman is good for marriage and nothing else. And we hear her say it multiple times where she's like, a woman getting married is a woman literally ending her time and like her life in essence and she shows that fear and promptly brings Daphne into this space of like being very aware of the fact that she's putting on this facade and like putting on this face however I almost feel and saw in this episode Eloise almost in her fear bring something to Daphne's attention that she didn't need to bring 
Because the difference between Eloise and Daphne is that Daphne wants a love match. You know, she's accepted the societal role either without question or with question. And she has seen her father and her mother grow and wants that more. Eloise, on the other hand, is scared of it and doesn't want that and believes otherwise. And it's a really cool dynamic to see them challenge each other in season one. And then to see Eloise in season two going through the season and being super dismissive and not wanting to do it alongside Benedict Bridgerton, which is also the middle brother of the Bridgerton family alongside Eloise being like the middle sister. We see them together in season two trying to pave their paths and it's honestly just a really cool dynamic. Overall, my favorite character within this episode was the Duke for, I feel like, obvious reasons. But if it isn't obvious, the Duke in this episode, obviously, this was all about him, his story, the flashbacks, his disgusting relationship with his father and how poorly he treated him and the role that Lady Danbury played in his life. And it's just so awesome. With that being said, I also really liked the fact that the Duke was able to show us as the audience that he will not tolerate certain things. And at the very, very end, we saw him get jealous. And, you know, I don't know. There's something about that that just is like, yes. It just has me blushing, like, on the couch when I'm watching the show. Favorite character was the Duke. One of my favorite quotes that I even mentioned in the article was when, you know, the mother, Lady Violet Bridgerton, was talking to Daphne after they had found out that Lord Burbrook was, you know, threatening basically their family's reputation. And Daphne was like, what are we going to do? And she goes, we're going to do what women do best. Talk. And... She said that to her maids as well. And it, oh, it was just such an iconic moment because it's so period based for the period, you know, piece that is this show. And with that, that is all I have for this week's episode, at least the Monday episode. I may come back on Wednesday with something completely different. I may come back with episode three and the critique of that. However, Go check out that article. It's on my website. It's also in the description below. Follow me on socials. Yeah. Uh, you can also rate the show in, in star form, which is pretty cool. And I hope that you have a really great cup of coffee today. If you haven't tried it, I recommend trying like organic syrup, you know? And that's my one recommendation for today. But otherwise, I will see you guys on Wednesday and cheers. Cheers.